it's weird because we work really organically like uh like we said about the rope that was in the game like two months ago uh we yeah. so, so the design goes like are we bored right now playing the game if we are uh we need to change something else Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Emerging Gamer Podcast, episode 243. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Yoshi, alongside Trip Zero. Trip Zero. What's up, guys? Trip Zero TV. How you doing? How you doing, Trip? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing great, man. We're, we're doing a Discord show. We uh, are. Not for what are probably obvious reasons, but because we have a very special guest tonight do. on the show. And I'll let you introduce him, Neo. This is Charles from Coffee Attic Studios. Yep. Charles, say Hi, hello. Hi. How are you doing? How are you doing not tonight? Not nervous. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Charles, thank you for being here tonight. This is uh, this is a lot of fun. Oh, We're excited guys. to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we get started, let me just do a little housekeeping. Um, you can find right through. Yeah, you can find us on YouTube now at Emergent Gamer. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, we we post a whole lot of stuff. A lot of stuff every week. So. Go on there, rate us, like us, all that good stuff. Tell your friends, as Felix Hergood would say, who is not here tonight. Um, tell and all your, your mom, friends and your saying. mom. Yeah, for sure. They want to know about. They want to know about this this upcoming game, Hazel Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into Coffee Attic Studio and Charles. So, Charles, uh, hi. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. Uh, what right now? You you make games. Yeah. What what is your what's your forte? What do you what, what's your role on the I, game? I'm like the creative director. Uh, I wrote this last game. Uh, I also do the game design, and it's just a general managing role. You know, I assign people's tasks. Uh, we are six people right here, but aside from actors and everybody from another indie that help us, so that's director something like that everybody uh, here does a lot of things because the uh, indie studio doing a really the game uh, looks kind of triple a right so it's, it's got a great look to it yeah yeah everybody has like five jobs assigned <laughs> so it's really crazy and but before we before we dive into the game let's talk about how you started out in in making game design and doing game design sure. so where what brought you to to making coffee attic studios or joining them so uh we founded coffee attic studios because we were we were doing our we are getting our university degrees here in the local university Mm -hmm. and i met the guy there was like a genius programmer like he was in the first semester and he was like trying to make engine to make his own game and all that and i was like dude you are too smart to be like were fixing computers and what he would do if he, if she, if I'm sorry, if he stopped uh, making games like what he wanted. So we just started to call uh, teachers. So there's a thing here in Brazil that uh, we don't pay for this university is uh, public. So wow. 
but we Sounds can nice. get money. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but we can get money through study if we have a project. So we said, oh, our project is a game. And we decided to make some cultural and educational games. Well, I'm sorry, and say that again, a cultural? Cultural, uh, like uh, involving Brazilian culture. Uh, oh, Brazilian culture. Oh, gotcha. Right. Uh, so yeah. it was really boring shit. So <laughs> we started making that stuff and learning how to use CryEngine and RealEngine unit and how to uh, model and scoop everything. Uh, that was like three, four years uh, and we made like two, three games. And after the second one, we were like, I think we can make a game. And we shouldn't. Um, but we did uh, <laughs> what is called Blade and Bonds. And we decided to make up the company. And everybody gave up on the university. Uh, me and the animator, Fabio Bison, are the two that ended up uh, finishing the getting the degree. Uh, because the studio went well, just. So... We made Blade and Bones and launched it in 2016, November, on PC and on PS4, May of the... So, according to your website, you guys were founded in 2014? Yeah, we... Because we worked without being a company way before. So, we were making games 2013 already. Uh, oh, so you made it official in, like, 2014. Yeah, we, we like... Under under a company, a lawyer yeah. and everything, yeah. So, but we were like in the kitchen of a friend of ours, just making the game and uh, the prototype that would become Blade and Bones, the disaster Blade and Bones. Uh, so now, why yeah, well, why, call, why call it a disaster? I we I looked at some well, of the uh, video and screenshots of it. Yeah, I was watching some of the the gameplay as, there, as well. There's a lot of good ideas, and but we ran out of budget, so. Mm everything went bad and they are really hardcore fans like played it 20 hours and they sent us emails this could be the best game ever like the best souls like long day <laughs> and we would love to update it but it's just everything is wrong from the ground up uh, and in our new perspective uh, what was so, what was the idea you had when making blading thrones was your inspiration like dark souls uh, a dark souls like mm -hmm. game we wanted to make something like Dark Souls with Shadow of the Colossus and Journey vibes. Like we wanted mm. just the boss and we wanted uh, really uh, lore heavy stuff. Uh, the art style. Direct. Very, very and Journey like. Yeah. Uh, I we can tell. Trying, yeah. But we didn't have a concept artist, for instance. We did it all without uh, just let's <laughs> do stuff. Uh, we didn't have like art direction really like we have with Hazel Sky. Uh, like we make the lightning the most important stuff in Hazel right now. So just from the ground up, everything's first the light. Then we just create the environment to best showcase the light. So it's ring way better. Like you can look at Hazel and Blade and Bones doesn't look like the same developer at least for us. Yeah, I think it's important to have a project like that to kind of cut your teeth on and and you know. Yeah. make the mistakes uh so you know what to do what to do yeah. better and i mean from from my perspective from watching uh you know some video of blade and bones and and reading some reviews about it like sure there were there were some growing pains but i think the concept there was was really great uh, a way of like combining like you know a metroidvania world with this this uh sharp combat you know having to engage yeah. yourself kind of every time you fight something and i mean i i would consider that a success because it's leading to so much more you know so sure it's, and i really love the great. lore that we created for the game because the idea was that was uh before the homo sapiens we were that and 
the, the final part of the game is you killing this god and he becoming the first woman. woman. Oh. So, oh. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> spoilers, please don't play this game. But <laughs> I was tempted for a minute, though. <laughs> so there are a lot of special ideas and different things that really makes the game shine, but there's a, there are critical things like uh, this word collision, the heat mm. collision. It's totally mm-hmm broken like our programmers cringe every time they see the logo of Blade Demon because of that because they know uh, if the fps is low it's not gonna hit the enemy because they did something really really wrong when oh interesting we're going so yeah we, we, one day we will we, we will remake bleeding months like oh like, like a remaster like, kind of thing yeah but we need to be really rich like the way yeah. you wanted to make it yeah <laughs> yeah what exactly. what engine did you guys uh, program Blade and Bones on Unreal Engine 4. Unreal Engine 4. Hazel Sky. Hazel Sky as well. Oh, cool. Um, did you guys? Uh, well, hang on. Um, so I I do really like the art style of Blade and Bones, and don't worry, we're going to get into Hazel Sky. But uh, <laughs> um, and I think there is something really fascinating there with what you were doing with the lore aspect, the story, and the art. The art direction alone, you can tell where it evolved to in hazel sky like i can sure. see you have like you have like great art direction and it translates very well into hazel skies like uh i guess lonely island feel to it mm-hmm. now sure. trip do you have do you have anything else about uh blade and bones um more so just about the not about blade and bones itself i think we've yeah. kind of talked about that that sure. concept uh but i'm still kind of before we dive deep into hazel i'm kind of curious about how you guys work because I like the concept of like just just six devs kind of hanging out together, like making the dream come true. Some just you know leaving school and making it happen. Uh, I know you mentioned that everyone is very busy too, you know, tackling a lot of jobs. So how does that kind of break down when you guys design something or get together or or figure out what you're working on? It's really weird because uh, every time we talk about hiring someone to work here, we always thought like it's gonna be a degenerate like us because we just ah. our races with each other we are everything bad there is like socially with each other because we are so close so close as friends just close there's no filter between everybody yeah nothing at all yeah. so i just come on to fabio and i say this animation sucks so much you have no <laughs> shame at putting this out there and he's like go fuck yourself and we are start fighting but at the end of the day everything goes well like with no hard feelings anything like that so i oh, think that of course one of the things like uh, I can I, I call them sometimes like in the middle of the of the night and like yeah like the rope system and I don't know if you guys saw in the trailer yeah two weeks before the trailer comes out we didn't have that system wow <laughs> really I I was just like I was playing what was I think I was playing the Star Wars the last Star Wars mm. uh, Fallen Order Fallen Order and I was looking at the the rope and it was like. This is so easy to do because they <laughs> use a real engine. So you can see the cable system, everything that they are using. We know exactly how to do that. And I start showing a programmer. I start showing everybody like we can do that really easy. Like in four days, it was running on the game. Like, wow. Four four days days to make that happen. That's amazing. You guys find That's Unreal really Engine really easy to work with? Yeah, it's the yeah. best. Like uh, Unity is, has a lot of tools that we look and just... Our, our eyes bl- bright, but uh, it's really hard for us to go away from Unreal. Like the spurt for 
making available in consoles and everything else is so, so easy that, and they gave us the dev grant, like we won from Hazel Sky, like we can't go back from that, I think. What, uh, what did you win specifically? Uh, $15,000. Uh, oh. The real dev grant, uh, mega grant, I think they call. What program uh, was this? Just they are giving a million dollars to developers of that, like, uh, they, if the game looks good, something like that. So he just sent to them and they grant us. And that was like saved our lives. Uh, aside from our publisher that also saved our lives. But That's a, another indie studio, right? Another or indie, yes. Another indie. Is the name of the publishing company. Yes, yes. How did you guys get involved with uh, with them? Were they part of the grant, or was that a different process? Not at all. Well, we got the grant uh, after we got another. So we just we didn't know Hazel Sky looked good because we were working for like three years and a half, and we were just tired and not seeing any money. And the money came from Blade and Bones already ran out. So we just started sending publishers the game, and every publisher was like coming hard and like this game looks great and everything else but the first publisher that talked to us was another indie and they are so like uh, like us like there's no filter vlad the guy the community pr he just called me like the, the next day after he saw the saw the trailer of the game that i sent him so every other company wanted me to answer like 35 questions about the game the age rating and things like that vlad just called me and was like the game looks great. Let me play it. And from now on, and I, I don't see ourselves publishing with another publisher aside from another indie. So and the wish lists alone we got on Steam is just scary compared to Blade and Bones. Like it's a hundred times the number. Uh, from wow. Oh, wow. Are you guys, are you comfortable with, with, kind of talking about how much interest there's been so far with that numbers wise well our director from another indie just said uh, on twitter like yesterday uh, the number of wish lists has passed ten thousand. so oh, wow congratulations. congratulations that's amazing yeah, yeah. two weeks so everything that's awesome really that's super cool well. yeah so when when publishers come to you they ask you about like getting a like the age ratings and like what's the content of the game and you found that another indie was like this was the publisher that was easiest to, that, to communicate with another indie was like you guys just make the game we will sell it and they were so direct about uh, how much they liked the game and uh, they they really saw what the game was about. Uh, other publishers were like, "Let's make this full uncharted." Let's make the, they just wanted us to make the game, you know. So and it's really really hard to trust in a Brazilian company because there's not much uh, studios around here. Like we talk with everybody like uh, on the street and we say that we are game developers and they're like, "What is that?" It's like it's really hard to have a Brazilian developing company like us. Are are they? Are they an American company? Uh, another indie. I think they are Irish, but oh. their HQ is on Taiwan. I think so. Are there like many language barriers between? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how do you guys no, like, what's, what's it like communicating? I'm curious. I don't know anything about this process. So Ian is British. So Vlad, I don't know what he is, but they all speak English. Okay. Vlad is Chinese also, I, I guess. So everybody, everyone that I talk speaks English. So that's the connecting. It's a good middle ground between everything. Yeah. yeah. 
Very cool. Um, any other questions, Trip? Or shall we move no, into? No, I think let's yeah. let's let's go into into the Hazel Sky, and I think um, we can link one of these into a question that uh, that Locke had. Locke and Key is another one of our hosts, Charles, on this uh, on the show normally, um, and he's got actually two parts. So we'll save a second part for a little bit later uh, when we're winding down. But uh, he kind of asks, what uh, was the inspiration for Hazel Sky? So if you want to take us on like the origin story, that would be pretty cool. It's pretty simple. Uh, I was in a seven-year relationship, uh, and we broke up just when we a, a month after I, we launched Blade and Bones. So I was crying like really hard, and I just wrote the entire conversation between Aaron and Shane. They had uh, you, you when you play Hazel Sky, you start talking to a girl via radio, and becomes a really deep and personal relationship little by little. So. I just wrote this entire script from from their conversations, uh, from Shane's point of view. And from that on, I was like, what would fit on this game? And of course, I have played Firewatch, but wasn't I didn't think about it when I, when I was making the game design. So we wanted to make something like Inside, because I had played Inside and just loved how they, they didn't have... Uh, there's no in, dialogue. Yeah. There's no widget. There's no uh, widget. I mean, uh, user interface. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no tutorial. We we wanted that, and we are trying to make that a uh, possibility in, in Hazel Sky too. So because Hazel Sky uh, different from this side or the these other games that we get compared to like Crime, uh, has a lot of lore. There's there are books so you can open and read. There's a radio with radio stations playing content like that will not repeat. We are trying. Uh, wow! So there's a lot of a lot of content uh, and drawings from people. There's a, a lot of content to be to be consumed, different from these games, because inside you just play through it all and it's over, right? Uh, what was the question? I just lost myself. So no, you're, <laughs> no, you're, that's you're great. kind of telling us your inspiration for 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 Hazel Sky, the things that got you kind of going and thinking sure. and making. Then, then we started to just uh, try to imitate a place that inside uh, the way we remove planks, we have the uh, similar system, well, be- but third person view instead of uh, like a platform. But, like yeah, the like, 2D one, yeah. Yeah, and we started to think uh, to, the game was kind of boring at that stage. So we started thinking in things like uh, Uncharted's slide, the way you slide on mud and things like that. And the that- game has like action set pieces right now is <laughs> there people think that it's not a walking simulator there are a lot of big crazy explosions and things like that the, cool. the it does, is, when i did see the tra- when i watched the trailer i did notice a lot of things that go oh he's sliding and jumping to a rope very uncharted like yeah 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 we are trying I, to do something similar but th- there's a a little twist in our platforming because you guys played little nightmares I have not played Little Nightmares. I played inside, though. So we have a, a unification input system, what we call. Everything in the game, you grip with R2 on PlayStation, or I don't remember the Xbox one because I only have PlayStation. So you grip with R2, and you need to grip on climbing. Our climbing may look like uh, Uncharted, but you need to press R2 every time you are holding. The same goes for the ropes uh, and zip line and everything like that. So making this unification of input, we don't have to tell the player like, you need to grab this uh, this piece of wood. 
we don't tell him R2 to, to pick the wood. We just uh -huh. told him one, one time, R2 to grip. And he will figure everything out pressing R2. Uh, that's the way we are trying to make the game look more like inside, like what Vispire is. Yeah, you want to make it as intuitive as possible past like the initial opening of the game, right? Like the beginning stages. What we are really, what we really want to do before the game releases is don't tell anything. Like he will press a button to grip. That's our perfect way of making the game. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah, um, and let the player like explore around their space. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah you, you're gonna press the buttons. You're not just gonna move the camera and the, the yeah. So let's see. Uh, maybe uh, we are thinking about a tutorial system just to tip the player. Like Uncharted does uh, this really well. Not really well. Sometimes I'm two minutes playing, trying to make a puzzle, and the camera turns around showing <laughs> the how to solve it. But we want to do something similar. So do you want to do you want to make these puzzles? Do you want to put them in the player's hands more than like say Uncharted would do when they when they kind of give you those hints? The character will like like Nathan Drake will like say like, oh, what if I put this piece over here are you going yeah, to let the player do the solving no, himself yeah we have some remarks but our puzzles are really simple like aside from someone's on the late game uh there's a puzzle that includes a cow and making food to her and everything like that there's a little more complex but most of the puzzles in the game are really like a platforming puzzle not really uh complicated so it's it, simple as moving a box to reach something to release another box so you can go across a, a place something like that you know so it's not really heavy you, we don't want to frustrate the player like right. i was never frustrated playing inside and i really like that uh like once or twice i got like damn i can i can't do this and we really don't want to make the players uh because the, it's a story-driven game. Uh, above at all, is we want players to see what happens in the end of the game, which is really different. People are thinking the game is entirely on the island, and it's not. Oh, that's a spoiler. Like, Ooh, that's yeah. a spoiler. That's Don't spoil it. At all. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, we will show more of that in the next trailer. You show more of the city when you arrive there and everything like that. What, what goes in... I don't get to ask this that often, but what goes into making like 3d based puzzles? Like, is it a, like, do you start at the solution and work your way back? Or like, like when it comes to like moving boxes to solve a thing or finding context clues in the environment, like, is that a difficult thing to design? Uh, not really. It's pretty organic, at least how we do here in uh, Kof, because we, we take input from everyone. Like, Anyone from the team or even outside can come and say what they think about the, any section of the game. So we always start on Hazel Sky. The main thing on the first sections of the game is to fix the machine to reach the next area. So there are puzzles to reach those resources and the upgrades needed to fix the machine. So these are just the core puzzles, but, but there are like side puzzles uh, that will reward you with just lore. Like mm -hmm. there's a puzzle in the game where you need to swim uh, like a random place and look at a number on the submarine, go back and pick a lock, like those numbered locks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah like where you just spin the, the combination. The dials, yeah. yeah, 
the same number of the submarine. So you, you will get a ear, uh, a bloodied ear that you can carry oh around and you just hear the ghosts. There are ghosts in the game. I'm just spoiling. There are ghosts in the game that you can hear uh, giving different... You, you see some bodies in, in the trailer and they will just tell how the body came about, how he died or she died. Oh, wow. Um, like context clues of the world, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but not not uh, to solve the puzzles, just to... Just to build it, yeah. So, there, you, so you can finish the game without picking this year at all. Like, everything will, will go fine. So these are the best puzzles, at, at least for me. Like, uh, totally optional, and I didn't answer your question because I started blabbering about the game. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, all, I think it all works together. I think it's really, really cool talking about, like, puzzle design, like, major puzzle design, the things that will guide the player towards the story you want, but also, like, they're, they're really rewarding exploring the environment puzzles uh, to get to the lore because that's, I love like the lore of, if I like playing a game, I, I want to know the entire story around it, even if it's not crucial at all mm-hmm. to the thing you're doing in the game. I love knowing the world, the setting, the people, why they're doing the things that they're doing. So I'm excited to find this ear. I'm going to do all the, <laughs> do all the ghost listening. There's also fingered, but I'm not going to tell you that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, leading into a uh, listener question, uh, Ezra's on Twitter asks, what was one of the biggest challenging uh, challenges you faced while developing the game, whether it be oh. designing it or working with your team, anything like that? There are so many things that comes from just uh, being an entrepreneur in Brazil. So uh, it like taxes, just taxes focus so hard. <laughs> you guys don't have uh, any idea. Texas, like, the state? No, no, taxes. No, oh, taxes. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, and we were being like double taxed because the game is sold in the US. So we get taxed there. And here, oh. you're taxed again. I, so, I do know when you go to buy like a PlayStation 4, I know those are severely marked up due to like certain import taxes. Yeah. Right. It, it, when lunch, it was 4,000 reais, which is like. US dollars $1200 something wow like that. that's insane if for reference for people it's the PlayStation 4 was $400 US dollars at launch yeah um, so it's three times the value um, so this is a really big and aside from that we can't we can't find let's say we need a, another animator because uh, Fabio is, has too much work he does all the animations in the game we can find an animator that will not uh, want like two thousand dollars for each animation. Like in Brazil, it's so rare anyone from the gaming industry. So we and if gonna pay someone I don't know from Germany to make the animation, then with the dollar is like it's so bad in the last four or five years because uh, I think two reais were one dollar. Uh, nine ten years ago i think and now it's like five so if you're gonna pay something uh that's one of the reasons why we got a publisher we can't pay for mac marketing it's so expensive for us so yeah. we just do our, our national marketing they are covering everything outside from brazil and i went random again no no no. that's that's <laughs> it brings a lot of insight because it's a struggle that i don't think people think about like things need to be paid for you know mm-hmm, people sure. need to be paid for the work that they do 
uh, passion projects only take you so far. And, you know, having to work through like multiple layers of that is, is definitely frustrating. I'm sure to try to be creative and make the vision, but also balance the, the financial needs too. Yeah. I don't even think like the average gamer even realizes what it takes to get a game made. Um, especially like they just get mad when they don't like something in the game. Exactly. (laughs) It's so easy to get mad at it, but they don't realize that there's people like you who are, you know, pen to paper, like trying to get things done. And, um, you don't have a hundred person team. You're not Activision. You're not, you're not these big companies. Uh, so it's those trials and tribulations that you have to overcome are, are gigantic. Yeah. Um, but uh, another indie is making us feel like Activision. Like uh, the the deal we made with them is so like so better than everyone else in the industry that talked to us. Like big publishers talked to us, and they were not even close because I understand them. They can't trust a studio that never put out a, a good game. But another indie was like, "Yeah, let's do it," and <laughs> was. It's we are feel so safe right now because of that. So that's got to be a huge, just a huge relief to be able to, you know, focus on you and let them people that you said, you know, you got a a great kind of interaction style with them. They match your friends in the studio. It's just got to feel great to work with them. Yeah, they're really silly. They are great people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to ask you something else about the trailer. Sure. Um, There is a segment of the trailer where your character is playing guitar. Yeah. Now, is that inspired from yourself? Do you play in a musical instrument? Not, not as well as our uh, animator, Fabio Bison, uh, which did the animations like... It's perfect, the charts he does, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, everybody here uh, loves music, and it's a team in the game. Like, uh, Shane wants to play music, but it's like a secret in the family. His, his dad also plays, but... They, they can never play because the engineers rule out uh, some years ago uh, any form of art inside the city. So I'm already interested from this from this lore right here. I do play guitar myself. Just just little You're spoilers. Gonna so love it I'm, I'm going to be sitting here playing, strumming along with the character in the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the the guitar uh, in the start of the game, we wanted to play uh, to make the game like freeform for guys like you like you know how to play guitar so you're gonna see the charts you're gonna change like the the harmonic field but you can actually you have the ability to kind of play whatever you use sure i mean within we wanted to we wanted to make the game so you could you could play anything that has a chart we wanted you want to play hedgehog chip peppers can't stop you can play but it was getting really hard to make the the sound and the animation sync up in the the good mm. way like the animation start cutting cutting and getting really weird visually so we decided to make uh, a really big decision that is like turn the guitar in more of a puzzle and you have these games in uh, these games these uh, pamphlets in the game that say like this is a song uh you play these five charts and you're gonna unlock the song and you play those five charts uh cards and he starts uh, strumming the the entire music uh, all by himself and starts singing along sometimes. And th- it's a pretty cool, pretty cool system. Uh, that yeah. Work it I'm excited for it. That was one of the things that definitely grabbed my attention. I'm glad yeah. Neo asked the, uh, the question. Every music about it. in the game is original and composed by our composer, Leonardo Camps. Uh, he did an amazing that's, job. That's super cool. So there's yeah. original music that you guys have composed for the game. Sure. Uh, uh, 
our musician has a, a band uh, here in our town. So, and it's really psychedelic and experimental music. Then we showed him the game and asked if he wanted to work with us. And he's just, the, the music from the trailer is from him. Every single uh, music in the game is from him, aside from the radio. The radio, we got in touch with a lot of weird indie bands like uh, that play music that looks like it's from the 30s and 40s. And we just signed it uh, like, you guys want to but they like we give you a hundred dollars we don't have any money <laughs> i was gonna ask off. how hard is it to get music uh licensed music in the game well from the the bands were so nice with us at, no not at all like <laughs> i just remember i, I talked like 300 bands and like five answered and those five i signed it and uh a lot of people got offended like no i'm not gonna pay me uh, we're gonna give you credit uh yeah but Secret Jane is a band, uh, like a country weird band that we signed it, and their music is so so good. Like uh, they just didn't have many followers, and they were like, "Sure, you guys can play our songs," and we signed it five music, five music from from them, I guess. So there's another one, Shamada Daisy May, which is uh, they do like blues, Paris style, really really cute songs too. That is also in the game. So aside from those music, every music in the game uh, is from Leonard. So with the radio and the, gu- the guitar, do you carry these with you throughout the island or are they in specific? Radio, the radio that you talk with Aaron, yes. But okay. the radio that plays music is around the... You also uh, hear news from the city. Like there's a rebellion uh, from uh, the artists and beggars from the city are trying to overthrow the, the engineers. Oh. So why are you playing? You are hearing how bad is getting there, and oh, they're gonna kill your dad because your dad is an engineer. So you start hushing the to go to the city. Mm. Uh, without getting too spoilerly, what is what is the? Did we talk about the plot already? Like the the base the base plot. Well, like what is what is the characters like? What's he doing on the island? Every kid when becomes like 13, 14 years old for. 14 years old, uh, he goes to an island, every, every, every person that is from an engineering family. So they, his dad, uh, Flynn Casey, uh, brings Shane, that's the opening of the game, uh, Flynn uh, dra- uh, using a boat to deliver Shane to the island. So it's the same island that his father, his grandfather, and everyone else used. So he, he needs to make a plane and fly to the city but everything goes a little south and he goes reaching another island and there's a lot of problems going uh so the objective is to reach the city and when you reach the city you become engineer you get the seal done and you are now officially a Gideon engineer the highest class in the city uh but while doing that, you start to, you not Shane, starts to question himself, I really want to be an engineer because there are a lot of people who meet friends of his and cousins that just decided to live in the island or go out or kill themselves and things like that inside the island uh, because they didn't want to be engineers. So the journey in the game is about that. Uh, and he meets Erin, so shouldn't I just go meet her instead of going to the city and I'm not gonna tell much more of it. It's really cool. That sounds that sounds pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited to find out more. Hmm. I 
almost said a really big spoiler. No spoilers. <laughs> we want people. We want people to enjoy it when it yeah. comes out. They can um, get they can get maybe some more secret teases than they would otherwise here, but yeah. definitely no definitely no major spoilers. That's for it's sure. It's really hard to edit the trailer uh, with no spoilers. You guys have no idea. Oh, I mean, wow, you, yeah. you did a great job making it look very action packed. Did you do you edit specifically the the trailer? I I did edit the trailer. Yeah, it's pretty good. And they posted it on the PlayStation YouTube. So yeah, and uh, our next trailer pretty cool. be so much better. You guys have no idea. Like, oh, that's exciting. It's gonna so show like people it. that have been watching and following. They get this like build up. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Um, do you do you uh, do you want to tell us when that trailer will drop, or is that a surprise? Is that something you want to keep? I think in two or three months, something like that. Uh, I, uh, it, of course, it's our publisher's uh, decision, not ours. But sure. Um, I'm starting to write some stuff to. There will be a, a voiceover and like the first one, but will not be Shane's father. Like the first one will be Aaron, the girl he talks to. So let's see. Interesting. And so you can get a more of an idea of the of the characters. Yeah. The the perspectives, like. Yeah, for sure. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Trip, you got anything else? Um. Kind of a comment, I think, that could probably start some more conversation. We talked about the design a little bit and what all went into it. Um, watching the trailer for the first time was kind of a, a, a ride because I'm watching it first and it's reminding me of like uh, like a three-dimensional, like, you know, those old school PC exploration games? I mean, Myst is probably the most obvious example. It seemed like something like that. But then, you know, you yeah, you know, you mentioned like uh, like the sliding and the jumping, and then you see the rope and the and the planes and everything and the exploring, and it seemed like a like you know people have already mentioned Uncharted and, and things like that. Um, did you want this game to feel uh, strongly in any one of those like directions, or what, was this a natural progression, or were you like? So I guess that's the question: Were you leaning towards a certain genre, or did you want to kind of transcend that and make it more than kind of the sum of these different styles? It's really- it's weird because we work really organically, like uh, like we said about the rope that was in the game like two months ago. Uh, we yeah. so, so the design goes like, are we bored right now playing the game? If we are, uh, we need to change something up. So we just keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that. And so we have a strong vision about where we want to go, but... About the player, what the player is feeling, we don't have. So we're gonna change the game. We we kind of promise it to each other, like we're not gonna uh, release another game like Blade and Bones. Like it's not re- that it was not ready. So we're just trying to polish it like really, really, really much. So there's almost anything you can say bad about the game. We are just like, if you don't like the game, is because you don't like exploration, story-driven games. It's just is not something wrong with the game so we're just trying to polishing everything up and this includes the design in, in the way you were talking like uh we feel great when they talk about uncharted uh because we love uncharted so much so uh, it's a great comparison like if naughty dog like tweets us out i would just start crying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's see where the game takes us, but I guess we'll sound something similar to, because we have some uh, action set pieces, like we sliding, jumping on the rope and something collapsing. We have some stuff on that, uh, on the game. So I, I feel like 
the section in Uncharted uh, where you go to Madagascar, Uncharted Four, mm-hmm. uh, though, or the Lost Legacy when you play with Chloe, Chloe, uh, and you are just those open areas, uh, the the big uh, big forest and the Lost Legacy. I was trying to say. Uh, we want the game feel like that because we can't make two hours cutscene. We don't have that money. So mm-hmm. we just try to do uh, the the easier part for us, which is the gameplay part of the puzzles and everything else. So what we are trying to do is like one big area, move to another big area, move to another big area. Just create um, create the world, the playground for the player to just exist in. connecting each one. So that's the, the full game. Now, so I've also noticed it's very, like like Tripp said, very mist-like. There's also a lot of Firewatch you mentioned earlier. I, I see a lot of ins- inspiration for those narrative-driven kind of puzzle games. Um, I hate the ending of Firewatch. You guys have no idea. I never, be- I never <laughs> beat it. I, I think I stopped like halfway through it. <laughs> when I was writing the end of uh, Hazel, I was like, oh, this is going to be so... Like, this is going to be the end that I wanted for Firewatch. <laughs> nice. That's so the way to do it. Yeah. Satisfying. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry I interrupted. Oh no, it's fine. Um, I'm just, I'm just seeing, I'm just like kind of pointing out like the things that I'm, the inspiration that I can see, like that like shows through the uh, the trailer. But I feel I don't want to like directly go. Oh, it looks like you're, you know, ripping someone off, ripping some because it doesn't. It looks like a, a very original idea and a very original like take on the genre of adventure puzzle games. Um, sure. I don't well, know. I think that's actually that's a good place. I don't, oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't feel bad when they make this comparison because they are all games that we love, like Rhyme and uh, Aiku and er- everything they say. The look game, so much good stuff, at least for us. And uh, the Lycans like radio on our trailer is so positive. It's like ninety nine percent positive. So we feel like even if the comments are ten percent bad, uh, they are still. People are really enjoying the game, and so you're safe at least. I think so. Yeah, off to a great start, that's for sure. Trip, are we? I was gonna say, I think this is a a good kind of lead-in to kind of more of a a similar but different conversation directly about your favorite games. Our other host, Lock, he asked, you know, what are some of your favorite games that you like to play? Not even ones that have to, you know, uh, influence Hazel or things like made you think about Hazel. Just like the things that you you know, unwind with what you, you know, play with your friends, that kind of stuff, you know? Well, I love a journey. Like journey is the game that made me decide I'm going to be a game developer. Like yeah, journey's journey's beautiful. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. It's unique. Is there's no way to, there's no, no other game. That's uh, Abzu sucks. I don't care if you guys enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have zoo and journey is a full ripoff. Like they didn't even try it. Oh, I love it. I love the take, <laughs> but I, I enjoy like playing Abzu like uh, itself, but I, I don't like thinking about Abzu. I think that's the, <laughs> the, the crucial point. That's a good distinction. You think more fondly and had a better experience with journey. At, uh, yeah. I had fun with, it's the same composer, I think. Right. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Composer. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure about that. I'm gonna look that up actually while we're while we're chatting. Okay. What other uh, games? What other games do you do you find yourself unwinding to? There are so many uh, AAA games. I love the last of. I love anything Naughty Dog or Rockstar does. So that's pretty common to say. Like, is universal acclaim, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, and it's pretty diverse here uh, on studio as well. Like, there are people that just play Counter Strike. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
they're just like really focused on, on League of Legends and other games. But I'm the more artsy, strange, and Bruno, the genius programmer, is also like that. Like the weirdest experience possible we try to go to. So we play a lot of stuff. What I'm playing right now? I'm playing Sekiro. How are you um, liking it? I'm loving it. It's so is everything that I didn't like on on Dark Souls. Like uh, I was starting to hate the idea that I can just farm and kill every boss on Dark Souls two, three, one. So I was like, make me make me change my play style, not uh, just farm. So it's really hard to farm a Sekiro. I don't know if you guys play it. It's way more about you understanding the bosses and how to defeat them. So Rather than like leveling up and getting stronger so you can take them down yeah. faster. Yeah, just grinding. Uh, mm-hmm. What I did on every other Souls-like game. So Now, is that something you would have liked? Like you mentioned earlier in the beginning of the, sh- the podcast here that you would eventually go back and remake Blade and Bones. Blade and Bones doesn't have a level system. I was already thinking like that. Oh. The game, uh, you really need to understand uh, the, the combat. Boss. Uh, and not only that, uh, there's a night there's system in the game. Mm-hmm. There's a better saying weak system. There's a blue night, then the next night is a red night, and the next night, I think, is a green night. So oh, that's each night makes a boss uh, uh, react different to you. And you have that's also pretty clever. A, a sign system in the game where you can you can do like how can I say it's not an emoji but you you can you know journey when you press a circle and he does like ping. yeah it's like the ping button yeah yeah you have four different of those aggressive pacific questionative and I don't remember the other one uh, <laughs> and you can do that two bosses and they react to it. There are bosses that you can't defeat, that you need to do passive, and they will just let you pass and give you the what you need. So the game is really weird, and that's why we still kind of enjoy him, but we hate the execution of it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the ideas there are uh, are good, for sure, especially that, you know, having to think about all the tools at your disposal instead of just hacking and slashing at everything. Yeah. Uh, to answer your other, not your, your question, but your statement, Charles, you were 100% correct. The, uh, the composer is the same oh, okay. for both uh, Journey and Abzu. So it's really hard to play Abzu and not enjoy like that music. So <laughs> yeah. that's the other reason. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed Abzu. I played it with my like six-year-old niece at the time, and she, she absolutely fell in love with the whole swimming with the fish and the big whales yeah for kids right mm-hmm. I, I like that uh so i love inside so much like inside is one of the best games ever made in my opinion that was mm. uh we had that on a game of the year talk a few years back um yeah it definitely popped up yeah because uh, me and Locke played it when that came out and that was a a huge game that was just it, it took over a conversation for sure when we when we came together to talk about it. It's so interesting, right? And I played like 10 times when we released it. I'm just obsessed with the game. Uh, I also like everything Tim Michael did, uh, especially The Last Guardian. Uh, I just played it like two years ago, so... I, what was, I really well, I'm sorry, what was that name again? The Last Guardian. Oh, The Last Guardian, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, for me, it's a really underrated game. Like, For me, it's a really awesome game that has... Great bugs. Sure. Like the, the animal not responding well, but the game is really good. At, 
I, I guess <laughs> it's good at like taking you through this this like world. It's it's I, it looks sounds like everything that you love, which is like big lore and um, mm-hmm. adventure, and you know you have a partner in the game who doesn't always listen, but he's still it's still <laughs> a, a good teamwork can be had between the characters when it works well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you did you like that that uh, that release of Last Guardian? You really enjoyed it. Mm, at release, uh, I think I played a better re- version of the game because I played uh, one of few years because I didn't have money to buy the game. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive games here in Brazil as well. So uh, there are even like uh, projects to make the the money cost less here in Brazil. J- just the the money. The games cost less here in Brazil, like full range movements of thousands of thousands of gamers going to the street and everything like that. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, is a, so it's, really, it's really about I'm waiting for a sale or something like that. And I just bought The Last Guardian when I had time, like one, two years after release. Nice. Very so, nice. Uh, the, I, I played the better version. Maybe, I don't know if you guys played the when the game released because I heard there were it was way worse game uh, when yeah. released yeah, yeah I, what, weren't there issues with the uh, the companion the big the bird the bird dog yeah. yeah and everything like that I, I mm-hmm. didn't run out to almost any problem but a friend of mine uh, stuck and just didn't play it anymore so mad oh, no. so <laughs> um, let's see I'm is there anything else you'd like to tell us about Hazel Sky? Mm, to people go to Steam and add to their wish list and to spread the word and things like that, I guess. Cool. Trip, do you have any do you have any other questions or uh I'm I've been trying to think this whole time and and I don't think that I have any more specifically. I mean we had a great conversation around a lot a lot of the game. We got way more insight than I thought we were ever gonna mm-hmm. get. Um so yeah, I mean play the game with another character i'm just gonna put that out there oh there's a secret character there's no there are gameplay segments that you don't play as shane there are dream there are a bunch of stuff that the trailer can show because we need to sell the game like Mm -hmm. to people that are not uh, lore heavy and this kind of stuff i think that's cool when you have those kind of little hidden gems yeah, with that that, 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 you, that the player won't know about. Yeah, that, this is a, that's the problem of me saying that right now because we want <laughs> to have that. Uh, Greg and ever, calling everybody from kind of funny always talks about uh, the time that they were playing The Last of Us and you push the stick and you are playing as Ellie and right. nobody knew about it. So, it, for us is how can I say we. There's not that much pressure, so we just are, are talking about the the features of the game just to sell it. So that's it. Oh yeah, I guess oh, I like I, knowing. Yeah, I just like knowing that it's bigger. You know, <laughs> we're already interested based on the trailer, but it's it's even more exciting knowing that there's there's things to find and explore and and stuff we'll never see until we actually get to that moment, and that's really exciting. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I do like I do like that kind of thing for sure. Um, just to just to tell you, just to tell the listeners uh, how this came about, uh, you actually posted a trailer of your your game in the kind of funny Discord. Um, yeah. So you're you're I'm a, I'm one of the moderators on the Discord there. Uh, you're mm. you're a fan of kind of funny. Yeah, like from podcast beyond the forward. Wow, I to like. Uh, 
I cried when the podcast Beyond ended. Like that was really greatness. Uh, so I just follow the guys from their own. Like even Colin doing his stuff. Sometimes yeah. I do his podcast. But uh, I'm always like I love Nick. I love everybody there. So I just and uh, I. I think in the kind of funny Facebook group, they gave us so much props when we released Blade and Bones, and we I was and I'm j just using Discord so much because another indie has a really popular Discord. Yeah, uh, I joined that as well, by the way. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, which other Discord server I have? Oh, kind of funny. I love them. Then I just pressed the layer, went to the general chat, and posted the link. Just and you guys said hi. And there's a lot of podcasts that I did that way. Just talking randomly on on discord oh for sure um so are you are you familiar with when kind of funny does their games showcase not at all so last year greg uh he decided when they canceled playstation experience which usually happens in uh, in california um he decided that he wanted to get indie studios together to showcase their games um and he created a like uh, it's on their it's on their games YouTube. You can find it. it he, they made two now, I think, where they take a bunch of uh, developers like yourself, and they'll they'll f they'll feature your games on a big reel where they cut it with comedy, and they have uh, little little segments between. Um, it's a really cool uh, it's a really cool thing that they do to highlight indie games uh, like yourself and I believe uh, since since we're not doing news this week E3 was actually just cancelled um, yeah, Greg Miller actually tweeted today that uh, he wants he's he said he's dusting off his notes to create another showcase because I think he might be doing that so I wanted to just put that out there to you maybe we can get some tweets out there um, and get Greg's eyes on your game to feature uh, this summer that would be so. I think I think that would be a pretty cool thing um, yeah. if we could try we and do mobilize that. as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. And That'd be great. Greg, like everybody says, how Greg is like so such a good person. Yeah. But you guys have no idea. Like when I sent him the email about Blade and Bonds, he was like, "Just sent me. I'm, we are going to do a video." And it, of course, I didn't send it because the game sucked. It. But sure. the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but. The, he answering the email is so much better than 99% of the people that we sent uh, emails talking about the game so it, it's great uh, yeah. I hope he likes uh, you think I should just tweet him um, yeah I don't know if he's actually doing it yet he t he tweeted right after the news broke that um, E3 was cancelled that he's like okay well I guess I'm doing we're gonna see if we can do another games indie game showcase like he did um, but if he does um, I, I follow you on Twitter now I'll be sure to uh, send you an at and we'll make sure to get eyes on it that for sure, sure. Um, absolutely yeah, um, so freaking cool like you guys have no idea <laughs> i would love to see it i would love to see it on that reel that would be amazing um yeah. but anyway i think this has been a great conversation yeah for sure i did have one last question about hazel sky unless you're free to add what you know whatever else you want charles for sure mm -hmm. um do we have a release date yet is that still up in the air are we allowed to talk about it is before november okay <laughs> That's that's all. That's good enough. That's we'll take good. That. We got a window. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. But awesome. uh, the game is coming to Switch, to PS4, to Xbox One, and PC. So uh, we never ported to Switch. So we are receiving the kit like in the coming week. So we don't know how well because PS4 will. It's so easy. Like 
we are going to do it really fast. But those other consoles, like we had some problems with Xbox, Blade and Bones ended up not releasing an Xbox because of those problems. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. let's see what happens. That'd be cool. cool. I would love to play a game like this on Switch, but I yes. love playing everything on Switch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Charles. Thank you guys for talking to me, being so sweet and thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Uh, do you want to plug your game and your like any accounts you want us to follow or anyone listening want, you want us to follow? or GS on Instagram and Cough Studio, I guess, on, on Twitter. I don't remember. And we, we also have our, the Discord page from another indie. It's just Discord uh, slash AI, I guess, of another indie. So... Uh, you guys can follow us. You guys can uh, request a press copy uh, if you too, if you want. I already on, did on the on the <laughs> on our, our website. And if if you don't have money, you can also request there, and they're gonna give you guys. We <laughs> <laughs> are pretty okay with that. So that's it. The game releases this year, and I hope everybody likes play again. Uh, it's being dubbed uh, in Brazilian Portuguese as well as English. Uh, when we released the game in English, every, uh, Brazilian fans were like, "How oh, you're not releasing this in Brazilian Portuguese?" But we are already working on it. I know we're I know we're like cool. winding down now. But did you have to get voice actors for both Brazilian uh, for both languages? Yeah. Was that what you mean? Same actor doing the both lines in oh, English. Oh yeah. Do, do you have one actor reading both languages or um, mul- the, multiple our, actors? American actors do the. The English voiceover and Brazilian actors. Do. Brazilian uh, voice is so cheap. You guys have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody should localize in Brazilian Portuguese. Oh, very cool. That's good to know for the future. <laughs> well, I hope everyone is looking forward to Hazel Sky. Um, we can put all of those uh, like links and destinations and things in our you know tweets and information and things around the podcast. So we'll make it very easy to find. We'll put them in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to sign us out. I've been Neo Ayoshi. You can follow me at Neo underscore Yoshi on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Neo Ayoshi on Twitch for when I go live. Um, and Trip? Uh, I'm Trip Zero TV. I'm on Mixer, mixer.com slash Trip Zero TV. Uh, every weekday, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. All right, we'll cool. see you, we'll see Again, you next Charles, time. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much. And uh, keep a lookout for Hazel Sky. Okay. Thank you so Bye. much. All right, I stopped the recording, um, but okay, there's cool. people in chat. If you guys want to say hi to Charles, um, I guess we should tell you where we're live on, on uh, Charles, if you want to pull up the chat yourself. Um, oh. we're, on t- we're, on t- we're live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer right now. Also, Charles, also you, did, you did fantastic. I know you mentioned before that you were nervous. This was, this was this amazing. This was really, was really good. Yeah, it was great. What is the name again? Emergent. Uh, I'll t- actually... Um, uh, I'm gonna start a gamer. Yeah, I'll type it in our in our our chat here. Twitch.tv. Alexa, you stop. Uh, okay. There you go. I just typed um, it right here. My forehead is just giant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we've got a lot forehead. of practice looking at ourselves, but it it, it it's still still a little rough sometimes. <laughs> We see everybody in the chat. Thank you, Ironstorm, One Shot, for being here. Uh, Felix Herogrid was here earlier with Ezra's, uh Kevin Oates. Mm-hmm. What's up? How you doing? 
Yes, he's here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Charles here and Hazel Sky. Very much yeah, looking I'm forward excited. to it. I'm very, very excited. The game sounds awesome. It, it, it sounds, sounds cool. really cool. Um, we got a, a lot of really cool nuggets of information here that you're that, that feel, like feel, a, feels like exclusive. A, we have secrets. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to tell like everybody. I just want to keep it to like the people that caught it live. You know, I'm right? Thinking, like, another indie will come higher than me. Like they are waking up right now. You know, because they are work in China. So mm. <laughs> I think they're gonna just start. How are you going to say everything about the game? <laughs> You've told so many secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's and- great. Yeah, the podcast will probably go live tomorrow morning. Oh, well, I wonder. This is kind of different how we normally do it. I have to, like, send it I all to Felix. I think Felix said still going to uh, help edit it and get it out at the same time. Cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. Usually, we, uh, Charles, we post to our podcast feeds tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. our time, which I believe, are you you're one hour behind where we are? Uh, uh, one hour forward, I guess. Uh, forward. It's, okay. it's currently 9.17 here. Like it's 10.17. Okay, so that'll be, it'll be 6 a.m. Tomorrow okay. or yeah, tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, yeah and we'll, we'll, we'll repeat everything, and uh, I'm sure another indie will too. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. <laughs> Switch chat said good vibes out to Tom Hanks. So, chat, do you guys have any questions for Charles if, while he's while we yeah, got guys? Him? If you if you have you know questions about Hazel Sky, something that we didn't hit, something you're curious about, uh, you literally have Charles right here. Absolutely. Ask away. Take advantage of this opportunity. Exclusively, then my eye has my eyelashes are white. Can you see? Oh my god! Oh, that's that's whoa. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, this is amazing. Uh, that's freaky. What's your favorite console? Says Kevin. Favorite Oates. console of all time. PS2, probably. Oh, that's a good one. PS2 changed a lot. Honestly, mm-hmm. that was my first PlayStation. I never had a PS1. Oh, I had I, I played Mega Man X on PlayStation One, but PlayStation Two, the, the last, the last uh, Shadow of the Colossus was so important to me. Like great game, playing. yeah. So yeah, I, I hear what Trip streamed that game. I want to say last year. Oh, it was like two. It was it was twenty seventeen. I was still uh, on Twitch when that happened. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, I, I enjoyed watching you play that game, Trip. Yeah, that game is an absolutely breathtaking. Um, yeah, one shot in the chat asks you which platform will benefit you the most uh, monetarily. Yeah, which, which one gives you the most money? I could like blab about like about how much I went to, into numbers and everything like that, but we really don't know because we just released on PS4 and on Steam. Steam for Blade and Bones were were was so bad because so many games are releasing on Steam and PS4, PSN as a whole is becoming something similar. Yeah. So uh, I guess Switch because Switch and they they really they wanted to look at the game before <laughs> before they accepted to 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 us to release the game. The same goes for Xbox. Xbox wanted to play the game like before mm. accepting oh, wow. to. It's such uh, a different it, process between the companies. Yeah, really weird. Like Steam, you just pay a hundred dollars and your game is there. Uh, that's the problem. Like sharing space with Cyberpunk and, and other great games. Like, it's just weird. They are not doing anything about it. But that's that's the main problems, I guess, about any game. Really good quality game that doesn't have budget for marketing. Is right. 
you don't get exposure. Simple as that. So yeah, it's it's hard for uh, sure. I'd I like Greg doing that would be so. <laughs> yeah, that that's his goal when he when he decided he was going to do that. Yeah, he wanted to put eyes on on probably like not as well known games. Uh, I mean, that's... we were picked by Xbox to have a special showcase for them on GDC, and GDC was canceled, canceled. as well. So yeah. It's gonna hit us yeah. somewhere another. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, just for E3 in general, that's the biggest fallout. Essentially, it's just all yeah. the indie games that are not going to get the exposure that they would have. Yeah, those those uh, events are important to, as far as I know, they're important to like developers like you, like yourself. Just getting getting out there, networking, showing people your your game. I hope to Gamescom, coronavirus and everything else is just settled because we uh, our publisher will go to Gamescom, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. That's like the final showcase because it's close to our release date. So, well, I did hear they are t- tickets just went on sale for Gamescom, which mm. kind of surprised me. Like sh- so shortly after E three got got the can, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I yeah, this year is Charles, this, this year might, is up in the air. I'm not sure if this is on your radar or not, but uh, there's a convention in Orlando, Florida, called GCX. It was formerly Guardian Con. It's a, a charity weekend that raises money for St Jude. Um, uh, as far as I know, they haven't said they're canceling and they're trying to stay strong. And I know they're trying to build their their indie scene. So if it gets to a point where you guys, you know, if this is one of the things that still ends up happening, that might be a good place to to get more exposure as well too. It's way more about uh, because we don't go to conventions. Who goes is Vlad and people from another indie because got it, uh, got it. We keep developing the game while they're uh, marketing the game. So Makes sense, it's really yeah. expensive and difficult for us to go to US. Like oh, I can yeah, uh, I can imagine. Uh, at Bija, we we have to like 30 days before traveling we have to settle everything about the visa and how to go to United States it's not as simple as you guys going to Canada or something like that that you guys not even ask just go uh, the United States has a really rough protocol about entering the country for people from especially from uh, Latin America so hmm, it, very cool it's a little rougher on us so let's see. Maybe if they are in the U.S. because even even though if they they go to to U.S., they also live in Taiwan. So it's really it's gonna make sense to the game to go to Taiwan and spend the days. I don't know how much time is the that conference that you just said. Sure. Yeah. Is that it's a weekend? Two, it's two major days. Yeah. Right. It's the end of June. Mm. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, of course, it has to make sense, you know, financially and and time wise for everything yeah. too. And everything is so up in the air. Right now, sure. obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah, just yeah, something to keep in mind for sure. Iron Storm mm-hmm. in the chat just said he added uh, the game to his wish list on Steam. Oh, thank you so much, so much, so much. It's okay, I already did it too. You can thank me later. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. so I mean, yeah, add the game on Steam, buy it on Switch, buy it on Switch. Money. Switch <laughs> now, Switch is like way down the road, right? That was yeah. what you said. We want to release uh, all the consoles at the same time, so to get the m- most exposure from every platform. So we're gonna try to do that. So <laughs> let's that'd be really happens. cool. Awesome. Yeah. Let's hope so, man. I, I'm really looking forward to trying your game. That's gonna be thank you guys yeah. so much yeah. as well. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do, do you guys want to wrap it up? I think so. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Charles, yeah. thank you so much for your time. It's really, really appreciated having you out here just to chat with you about about this. It was a great conversation. Great meeting you. Great talking. I'm excited to to play it for sure. Okay, great. We can do this again when the game releases and I can just... Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs)
Well, because we can come back and hear about like what it was like since we last talked and what you've what yeah. you've gone through. That would be a perfect conversation. Yeah. I love it. Great, yeah. cool. Thanks, Charles. Uh, maybe uh, after you guys play the game, even though it uh, would be even mm. better, right? If you guys oh, enjoy. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a good call. That would be really per- that would be really yeah. cool. I would love to do that. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charles. Charles. Thank you. Have a good night. See ya. See you, man. The game sounds awesome. It, it, it sounds, sounds cool. really cool. Um, we got a, a lot of really cool nuggets of information here that you're that, that like feel, a, feels like exclusive. A, we have secrets. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to tell like everybody. I just want to keep it to like the people that caught it live. You know, I'm right? Thinking, like another indie will come higher than me. Like they are waking up right now. You know, because they are work in China. So mm. <laughs> I think they're gonna just start. How are you going to say everything about the game? <laughs> You've told so many secrets. (laughs) 